Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. I grew up like most kids, worried I couldn't bench two plates, that I wouldn't fit in, that I wouldn't find love. Then I discovered partying, and suddenly all those worries went to the wayside. I didn't need love. I had keg stands. I discovered I was great at raging, and it revealed wonderful things about myself. I could relate to bros regardless of what kind of bro they were. I could be at a party and moon people and everyone would laugh, you know, be witty. Or I could play beer pong and compete with real integrity. In short, I fulfilled my potential. The Nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550. This is a show that I could have been preparing for for six months. In fact, we've really all been preparing for it, but I don't really have it written out, obviously. And I don't really know where to begin. It is such a momentous day in Buffalo sports history. It is one of the largest trades and one of the most important trades that either the Bills or Sabres have ever made. I mean, it will go down in history rivaling rivaling the importance of the Cornelius Bennett trade 30 years ago by the Bills. It will rival the Drew Bledsoe trade. It will rival the Pat LaFontaine trade. Both of them, maybe. It'll, it'll rival the Danny Gare trade. Rene Robert. Rick Martin. The Rick Martin trade tree. Chris Ostrander uh, on Twitter has the trade tree. Actually, he just updated it or cleaned it up a little bit. I mean... That thing, momentous, it's still going. Rasmus Asplund is a part of it. Jack Eichel's a golden knight. I think where I want to start is just the... It's almost the... Is it the anger? Is it the sadness? I've been angry a lot of today. Which is interesting because I liked what the Sabres got in return. I liked what they got. I liked Peyton. I like Peyton Krebs being a part of this team going forward. He is a borderline top ten prospect in hockey. He has had such an incredible couple years of development in the at the junior level to where he is now. If you were to redraft the 2019 NHL draft, it's probably way too soon to do that. He would be top ten. He's great. I love the skill set he's got incredible hands. He immediately in this organization has the quickest hands, maybe the best hands on the team. Jacob Bryson might have the quickest hands, but he he seems to lose the puck a lot. So I would want to give the edge there to to Krebs. 
He's so dynamic as a skater. He's not that big. He throws body around a little bit, though, so fans will like that. I'm, I don't care as much. But he puts the puck in the back of the net. He is a great creator. He's a great puck carrier. He really reminds me of Matthew Barzell for the New York Islanders, stylistically. And he's 20. Beautiful. Perfect. Entry-level contract. Really going to be a part of the foundational core of this team going forward. All right, good. What else did I get? Alex Tuck. Among the cap dumps the Sabres could have gotten, this is actually one of the few that is actually valuable. This is not, I'm taking Adam Henrique from the Ducks just because they've got to make the salary work and he's going to rot on my roster for a couple of years until he retires. This is not Milan Lucic, where I'm, same thing, forced to take on a 30-plus-year-old player who is shot and is not going to contribute anything to this organization going forward. Tuck is 25. He's big. He's 6 foot 4, 220. He skates like the wind. He can put the puck in the back of the net. He can shoot. He is a proven goal scorer in the NHL. Not 30 goal scorer, nothing crazy. He scored 20 goals in the league and he's been on a 20 goal pace each of the last two seasons in shortened years. Megan Cheka one of my favorites from Stathletes, who was on ESPN today, by the way. Getting some analytics love on ESPN NHL coverage. She tweeted at me that Tuck is third in the NHL. He was third in the NHL last season in shot attempts off the rush. And he was tied for fifth in the NHL in goals off the rush with 12. He gets the puck and he just flies. He goes. And he can score, he can play make, he's a very complete, he's the modern day power forward. And he's under contract for four more years at $4.75 million. Bargain. He is not the main piece of the Eichel trade. He is not quite a throw-in, but he is, what, what was the, the, the rumored ask by the Sabres? They wanted four first round pick level pieces. They wanted four pieces that were the equivalent in value to first-round picks. They almost got there. After six months of dragging this out, and I thought, rightfully so, no one was offering you what they should have been, good. You sit on your hands. You don't move the player. You don't sell low. You wait. He's under contract for five years. You do not trade him until someone gives you proper value. And they wanted four first-round equivalent pieces. I'd say they got three. I think Tuck's worth a first-round pick. On that contract, he's absolutely worth a first-round pick in a league that has teams that are strapped up against the cap, like Tampa Bay, who are trading for $2 million players like Blake Coleman, who are half the player that Alex Tuck is, because of how valuable the salary is. Points per dollar paid. And the Sabres are not numbers crunched. In fact, they literally had to make a deal today to reach the minimum amount of salary you can spend in the NHL. I'm not saying that's a problem right now. Maybe two, three, four years down the road it will be. I think he can be a real part of the solution going forward. I think he probably will be. I get the first round pick on top of it. And you know what? Like, 
Greg Wyshynski of ESPN made a point today in his article. He, he was not a fan of the Eichel trade for Buffalo. And one of the, the arguments he made was, you can see how bad the market was when you had to give up top 10 protection on the first round pick. That you had to get a conditional first round pick. And while I think that's accurate, I think it is accurate to show what the market looked like. I also don't think it matters. And I think both those things can be right. I think it can be indicative of what the market was while also not mattering because I don't think the Golden Knights are going to be anywhere near the top 10 of the NHL draft. I guess it could happen. They are the most injured team in the league to start the season, and they are getting run over game in and game out to start the year. It is amazing that they have won four out of out of nine games so far. It's amazing because so far, shot attempts, scoring chances – Puck possession. They're one of the worst teams in hockey to start the season. Robin Leonard doing a great job, playing well for them, kind of keeping them in games. And there are other guys that are contributing as well, but bad start to the season. When that team is healthy, when that team, especially now with Eichel added into the mix, they are the most complete team in hockey with Tampa Bay. Neck and neck. There are no two teams in the league more well-built than the Golden Knights and the Lightning. If they get, if they're even at 75% health, they're a, they're a playoff team. If they're anywhere near 100%, they're one of the best teams in hockey, potential Stanley Cup favorite. The top 10 protection probably doesn't matter. At best, I think we're talking... 13th, 14th, 15th pick this year. At best. And that is, again, if their good players stay injured. William Carlson's out four to six weeks. Mark Stone is out right now. Max Pacioretty is out right now. If if they just can't stay healthy all year, then we're probably talking about a pick in the teens. More likely, it's going to be in the 20s, maybe even the 30s. I kind of want to bet them to win the Stanley Cup right now. And wouldn't that be amazing? We'll get to that. I want to get to that a little bit later, kind of comparing it to the O'Reilly situation. By the way, I am looking for your calls at 803-0550. But today has been a day for not only anger, but a bit definitely of sadness. Sadness that we, you know, we spent years... I know it was a long time ago and so much has happened in between, so you might forget it. But I do remember the the 08 to the 2012 Sabres. That five-year span where we had talent. Vanek was good, and Pominville was great, and Miller was great, and Roy was pretty good, and even Connolly for at times was really good. Like, they had pieces. Tyler Myers showed up and was a Calder Trophy winner. Like, they had guys along the way that were talented. Every year, it was the same exact story. They can't win anything big until they have the center. Until they have the number one franchise center. And then we got him. You tore everything down to get him, but you got him. And that day... When the Sabres clinched last place in 2015, they lose to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Cam Atkinson scores the goal to send the Sabres to 30th. 
It was a happy day. Draft night, too. In between, it wasn't so happy because we had lottery night, and that was the one day where, especially Tim Murray, but a lot of other Sabre fans were really disappointed. But then on draft night, like it was a celebration. I was in that arena for that draft party. It was a celebration. And what added to it was the Sabres traded for Ryan O'Reilly that night, but it was the dawn of a new day. No longer are we wondering about who the hell is going to be our number one center. We had the answer. We had Eichel. Arguably the most talented player to put that uniform on in my lifetime. And all we were thinking about was the Stanley Cup. Because that's what you need to win the Stanley Cup. You need that level of center. And the sadness is that six years later, he's gone. It's over. The anger is that they could not build anything around him. And I'm not completely absolving Eichel of blame here. But I'm mostly absolving him of blame. I'm at least absolving him, I think, a lot more than a lot of callers I've heard on the station today. That I, I've really had to try to stay calm. To, to stay in my own headspace here. Because I, I can lose my mind real quick hearing some of the points I've heard today. About Eichel being on him. He's the leader of the team. He's the best player. You're supposed to lift everybody up. And to some extent, again, to some extent, some of that is true. But the anger for me comes with Jason Bottrell. And you know what? Let me even start. I'll start before that. I'll start with Tim Murray. Even though I love Tim Murray. I love Tim Murray. I more so loved listening to Tim Murray, but I love Tim Murray. He started it. Didn't build the blue line. And this is really where the what-if game can be played. All along the last six years, you can play the what-if game with a million different things. One of them, and starting at the beginning, is, hmm, what if Tim Murray decided, let me put some real assets into the defenseman, to the blue line, anything. Because he, he brought in talent up front. He brought in talent in net. Robin Leonard was a legitimate number one goaltender. He proved it here. His numbers were great here. They, got, they were even better elsewhere, but they were great here. How about the forwards? O'Reilly was great. He's Production-wise, same player on the ice now in St. Louis that he was in Buffalo. We had him. We had that guy. Evander Kane scored goals while he was here. Reinhardt was good early in his career. Maybe not the player he is now, but he was a good player right away. You had guys. You had talent up front. Even Kyle Poso. Kyle Poso showed up. He was an all-star his first year here. It wasn't crazy good, but 50-point guy. All right. He's my sixth best forward. You had talent up front. But there was never any commitment to build the blue line. It was always patchwork. It was always, let me slap a Band-Aid over the problem. Let me put some duct tape over that giant hole. That was always their solution. It was trading a second-round pick for Josh Georges. It was signing Cody Franzen the day before the season started, essentially, to, to come in and play top four minutes for me. And it was also being willing to trade away all your young defensemen. Not all of them became that good, but you were willing to trade Tyler Myers and Braden McNabb and Nikita Zadorov and Mark Pesek. Like, one after the other. Defensemen out the door, and let me bring in these veterans that aren't really all that good. 
And also let me play Rasmus Ristolainen 25, 26 minutes a night and never recognize that that's not a good idea. What happens if they had a blue line? A team probably is a good team. I think. I mean, it was a lot of it was the coaching too. But that's the first what if. I'm mad at Murray today. And I am mad at Botcherill. The O'Reilly trade. What a blunder. Maybe he was really working on a deadline there. And he felt like he had no he had no options. But what a blunder. That stings. I mean, that sets your organization back years when you make that trade. Getting nothing of impact three years after the fact. For a guy that proved the year you moved him that he can not only be a number one center on your team, he could be the best player on a Stanley Cup champion. And I'll get back to him in a second. But I'm mad at Bottrell. And I am mad at Bilesma. To go to, to backtrack there for a second. Because of the system he played. How stagnant it was. You had all that offensive talent. Didn't know how to use it. And I'm mad at Housley. How could you not? He might have been the worst of them. He wasn't, Kruger. But Housley... Ugh. Where's where's the def- the defense whisperer I was supposed to be getting? Where are where's the experimentation with the lines? Things aren't working. Why are you not changing anything? I'm mad at Ralph Kruger. How did you think that style of hockey was going to work in the year 2021? You're gonna bore teams to death. Essentially, was the style of hockey. You've got Jack Eichel. Time after time after time, they tried over and over and over. They made moves. They had weakness in the blue line. They signed Bottrell. What should I throw in there? Signed Carter Hutton. How many games of some of the worst goaltending in the league did they get out of that guy? Blunder after blunder after blunder after blunder. And it's, for the most part, all of them that I'm mad at. Because... I don't blame Jack Eichel. Now, what do I want to blame him for? Was he not the leader that he should have been? Okay. We can dispute, we can argue how much value that really gives you. I don't think it's that valuable at all. And I think O'Reilly proved that. Because three years ago, the day after they traded Ryan O'Reilly, today on the station, and that day, three years ago, after they traded O'Reilly, sound very similar to me. A lot of the same things. Toxic in the locker room. The guy didn't have the desire to be here. Poisonous to the rest of the players. He's not a real leader. What happened? What happened? He had some good players around him, finally. And he won a cup. Oh, he's a great leader now, huh? Is he? Or is he just... Does he now just have defensemen that can pass him the puck in stride and not three feet behind him? Is he a better leader? Or does he just have Vladimir Tarasenko, who is scoring on three times the amount of opportunities that Brian Gianta was when he was setting him up? Which is it? We just did this three years ago with Ryan O'Reilly. And I'm hearing a lot of the same arguments today for why Eichel was the problem. So I don't really blame him for that. 
And I don't blame him for wanting out. I think it's natural in sports to be mad at the guy for wanting out. So I, I understand why he'll get booed when he comes back here. I understand it. He was, you know, I know he was the he was glorified. He was the number one player on a team that was one of the was the worst in hockey over the last five, six years since he got here. I, I understand why it happens, but I do not agree with it. And I certainly don't agree with and don't understand why anyone, and I don't think there's a lot of this going on, but why anyone would blame him for wanting to be traded. Because he's been going through this the same way all of us have. I mean, we've won- how many times have we quit on this team? How many times have you turned a game off? It's because you can't watch it anymore. And you're, in, you're completely within your right to do so. They've not deserved the loyalty that they've gotten, in my opinion. But when it's interesting to me in sports when the player acts the same way that the fan does, well, the player now is a quitter. Jack Eichel has no ties to Buffalo. I mean, he said the right things today, and I, I, I'm not calling him a liar. When he says Buffalo has a special place in his heart, and he, he's not happy that he didn't do more to win games here. I, I believe him. I think he's genuine. I guess he could be just outright lying to our faces, but... I believe him. Guess I don't know. Last year, Eichel says, before last year, he came to the Sabres and said, I just I don't want to go th- I don't I can't go through a rebuild. I don't want to do it. To me that makes total sense. And we all knew that. How many shows did I do leading off with how important it is to put a contending team on the ice because if you don't, Jack's going to want to leave. We all knew it. We all had it in the back of our minds for multiple seasons. And we never read anything that would have told you that it happened. We never saw tweets or reports or heard anything that said Jack Eichel's about to, to want out. But we all knew. Why did we all know? Why did we all think about it? It's because we all knew it was human nature. We all knew it was absolute competitive human nature. The same way that we all act. The guy hadn't played a meaningful hockey game in six years. Since the national championship at Boston University in 2015. He had not played a game where he could have won something meaningful. In six years. That is, for a player of his caliber, probably more like a third of his career. If he stays healthy, if the surgery goes right, and he continues to be the player he's been, he should be in the league for another dozen years. Six years is a third of his career. And you better believe that anybody in that situation that is that talented... And that good, especially coming off a season where they were in legitimately in the Hart Trophy conversation, that if they hear the word rebuild, like Eichel led you to believe today in his interview, basically said that the team was about was thinking about rebuild. If he hears that word at 25 years old, six years in, no playoff game, no playoff race to speak of, 
and he hears that, what do you think he's going to say? And this is not necessarily for the fans now. This is more for the team. Because what Eichel said today, and maybe this is wrong, but what, again, you'd have to be calling Eichel a liar to say it's wrong. But what Eichel said today is that when Eichel came, when he came to the organization, when he came to the Sabres and said, I don't want to be a part of a rebuild. I don't want to be a part of a team that's not looking to win right now. That it didn't go well. They didn't take it well. How could you not take it well? How could you not be believing every minute of every day that that conversation was about to happen? You're you're at the bottom. You're you're in the dumps in the NHL. Of course, that's on the table. Of course, you should be prepared for that. I'm not saying you got to be happy about it, but to not take it well and to not understand it, that makes no sense to me. And what I really hope is they didn't hold a grudge against Eichel this entire time, and that really played into Eichel said today that he thinks that could be part of the reason why this whole process was so difficult with the Sabres. It's because of that conversation they had a year ago. And he did say, I mean, he didn't necessarily say he demanded a trade last season. What he said was, I talked to the Sabres, I didn't want to go through a rebuild, and then they signed Taylor Hall. So what did the Sabres do? Sabres didn't go into a rebuild. They decided one last gasp, one last kick at the can. We're going to convince Jack to stay. We're going to sign Taylor Hall. We're going all in. We're going to trade for Eric Stahl. Signing Taylor Hall, of course, is the bigger one. Let's go get it. That's what they did. And even Eichel said he was excited about that. His optimism grew. And I think if the Sabres had been good last year, if they had even been in a playoff race with Eichel and Taylor Hall leading the way, and Eichel did take on the blame from last season because he was not good, I would give him the excuse of how injured he was, but he admitted up front. He was he, he called his season last year on the ice a disaster. But if he had been producing at his top level, and Hall had been producing at his top level, and Allmark had stayed healthy... And they, they probably would have had to... I don't think they could have won even with Kruger as head coach. They would have had to fire him a lot earlier. Maybe a weekend if they had fired Kruger and Don Granato took over. They, they absolutely could have been in a playoff race. And then, maybe we're not having any of this discussion. Maybe the Sabres just let him get his surgery that he wants. So, I hope, maybe in as, even as soon as next segment, that my anger and my sadness... That today was the final day that Jack Eichel was a Buffalo Sabre. We'll turn to optimism about what they got in return. Because that is inside me somewhere too right now. But right now it is consumed by the fact that the Sabres had for the last half decade. An elite young centerman in the NHL. And now he's gone. Much to their own doing over the last five, six years. He is now gone. And you better believe that on that team, with the talent that is around him, that he's going to win hockey games. He's going to win playoff games. He's going to win playoff series. And I believe he will win a Stanley Cup in Vegas. I think that team is so overwhelmingly talented. And where they are age-wise as a team right now, they're not too old. 
Their window is open. And I think there's a very strong possibility they're go- he's going to lift the Stanley Cup on that team, in that uniform. And that won't be new. That won't be unique. We watched O'Reilly do it a couple of years ago. But that's going to fuel. That's going to just more fuel on the fire for me, for that anger that he's not going to be wearing blue and gold anymore. 8030550 is the phone number. I want to take a bunch of calls when we come back. And I am going to transition on a more uplifting note to Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuck, and the way forward. The Sabres prospect cupboard looks stocked right now. So I want to go through that a little bit. Um, but of course, I'll take some of your calls. We got pregame coming up at 9 o'clock. The Sabres play the Kraken tonight for the first time ever. The two franchises will meet at the 10 o'clock puck drop at Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle. Brian Cozio again will have pregame in about an hour and a half. But to your calls next here on the Nightcap, we're going until 9 o'clock tonight, by the way. We're bringing you all the way up to pregame here on WGR. You know, there's a respect between Kevin and I, and and uh, we knew that you know something needed to happen. And you know, I appreciate him, you know, him giving me the opportunity to go somewhere and, and get my preferred surgery and, and just try and uh, you know get my career uh, career back where it needs to be. And I wanted to just stand up for what I believed in more than anything. And and um, you know, there was disagreements, and it's understood. But you know, we finally got past that. I was just going to stay uh, stay true to what I believed in. Did you understand about the Louis thing? I'm not going to get into that. We'll just quick quick. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, another time. Unfortunately, like I, uh, if I hadn't been traded last night, that would that would the question would have went differently. That's Jack Eichel with Elliot Friedman on Sportsnet. Eichel was going to burn the Sabers to the ground if he was not traded last night. Is what it sounded like. John Vogel last night tweeted that there was outside. What was the word he used? I forgot it last night too. Outside influence. Pressure. External pressure to get a deal done today is what he Vogel tweeted yesterday. And he did say today um, that that was what he was talking about. Eichel was going to go on with Elliot Friedman uh, regardless. He was going to do a sit-down interview with him. Uh, Friedman wrote that today as well. That was going to happen. And the Sabres and, I was gonna say, and the NHL. But the Sabres more so didn't want that out there. They didn't want Eichel blasting them for denying a a person the right to get the surgery they want. You're operating on his neck, and he can't decide. And he, even as he said, he's the one that has to live with it for the rest of his life. And there seems to be plenty of evidence that the fusion surgery has lots of complications. A very high resurgery rate. And a large drop in mobility. And for an athlete, that's all of that sounds horrible. Especially one that's 25 years old. He was presented with a better option. And he was told no, it seems essentially because no other NHL player had done it before. And that was it. So... I'm, I'm totally Team Michael on that one. And I think the next CBA, you should see that changed. But I'm also happy he's going to get it. Because if that is, this is how medical advancement is made just in general. Precedent, right? If Eichel gets it and it goes well, suddenly, all right, we've got a new neck surgery for athletes that is minimally invasive and doesn't have near the complication rate that 
the old version does, that the old the old option does. And that would that'll just be good for player health in general going forward. We're talking more so though about the last six years. I'm angry at everybody. Not as much at the players, not as much at Eichel and Reinhardt. Not the good players. I'm never going to be the guy that gets mad at the good players. I feel bad for them. Because I think we've seen time and time again enough example that they then go somewhere else with good players around them and they're good. Huh, funny how that works. And we'll talk Krebs, we'll talk Alex Tuck, the first round pick, the, the, the entirety of the prospect pool. I think while I'm mad at the last six years, I am hopeful that the next six years are going to be a lot better. They're building towards something legitimate here. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, you can bring it up, though, if you want. 803 is the phone number. Mike's first up on the nightcap. What's up, Mike? Good evening. I was on this show earlier on Bulldog. You know, I, I kind of, I'm kind of with you on the last six years. I mean, it, it touches. You touched on every point that I, I would have made. O'Reilly. Now it's Ico. I mean, what's the next toxic piece in this dressing room? I, I hate to go down that road, but what's the next one that's going to come out? You also look, not to even look past the six years, but go back as far as Regeer, Thursday Regeer, our old friend. How he made that, how he traded Miller and everybody away. I go back as far as that. I mean, this thing, this team's been a joke ever since. And when are we going to actually live up to Pagula's quotes when he came into this organization and took over this organization and said the sole reason for the Sabres' existence is to win multiple cups? When's that going to happen? He was quoted three years coming into the league. We will win a Stanley Cup in three years. And how many years has it been? I mean, that's even a bigger joke for the fans. I'm so – I worked on it at the arena, and I see it every night. I am so glad the way the building looks right now. It's sending this team, this organization, a message from everyone in that's a Buffalo fan. We're sick of putting up with the rebuilds. We're sick of everything. Start getting this team in order, just like the Bills are in order. They can go on and win a Super Bowl this year. The Sabres are still sitting there lacking the talent to go win a Stanley Cup. I mean, we're honestly, we're beyond that. And also, what are you going to do in these draft picks? Are you going to go on and on and just draft players instead of just going to keep get free agencies and help these young guys? Well, well, Mike, my, my counter to that would be that's kind of why the last rebuild failed is they got they got greedy and they decided to trade all the picks and prospects and then by the time they had spent it all, they had nothing to show for it. Like, why would I want to do that again? Tim Murray blew through all their picks and prospects for veteran players. Why in why in the world would I think that's a good idea for a second time in a row? Well, I don't think Tim Murray knew what he was doing, honestly. He's a general manager that just sat there and just he went to get what Hutton and what what are the goalie? I mean, I think your goal you got to start built and all the defensemen that we let go out the yeah. door as hey, well. Mike, yeah, the defenseman point is right. I'm, I'm going to let you go there. I let, I let you say your piece. I let you go there for a while. Um, but come on, Tim Murray did not just sit there. Tim Murray was more gung ho than any GM I've ever seen in my life. He couldn't sit still. 
<laughs> he's the guy in your fantasy league that makes six trades a week because he just can't sit still. He wants the trades. He wants the fun of it. I think it's right to be mad. That's why I let you go. Because all that frustration is within all of us. But I do believe you're misguided. If you think... Hmm. How do I want to put this? You're misguided if you think that how they're doing it currently is the wrong way to go about it. They needed to do this. In fact, I think part of the reason this drought has gone on so long has been their unwillingness to realize when they need to rebuild. This probably should have happened three years ago. And maybe Jack Eichel would still be a member of this team. If you had started the rebuild three years ago instead of right now, he probably would have been willing. He probably would have been on board. Because then it would have only been three playoff-less seasons as opposed to six. And it would have been a, it would have been a lot more stomachable for him and Sam Reinhardt. If anything, I'd tell you they didn't get to a rebuild soon enough, but they needed to get to it. They needed to get to it. There's no foundation laid. There was no foundation laid. And if you want to compare them to the Bills and how what the Bills did, like you, like the caller just, just wanted to bring up, what happened when Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean showed up here? They immediately got out with all the old. They traded Watkins. They traded Darby. They got rid of Darius. They got rid of the former foundation. They tore it down. Did that happen here ever? When Murray got fired and Botcherel came in, did that happen? Kane was still here. O'Reilly was still here when Botcherel showed up for an entire season. We're still lining. Leonard, look at Botcherel's first year. He didn't change anything. Same team. How about when Botcherel got fired and Kevin Adams showed up? Now, that's maybe more of a Ralph Kruger team, more Ralph Kruger decision-making, but... They didn't tear anything down. This offseason is like the first time they've done a real legitimate teardown. It's always been one guy here and there. If you want to do it the Bills way, you come in, you start anew, you tear it all down to build it back up. Let's build a new foundation. And I think they are going about it the right way. I don't know these guys are going to hit. There are There's a great ch- great chance that well, I mean, there's a 100% chance that not all of them are going to hit. Someone's going to be a bust. It's just simple mathematics, probabilities. But Cousins and Power and Isaac Rosen and now Krebs and Tuck, Middlestat, you know, Darlene, of course, still. Levy and, and Lukanen and Portillo, Ryan Johnson. Again, half of these guys are not going to turn out to be impact players, at least. But they're trying to lay a new foundation. They're trying to do it the way the Bills did it. And you're, the next step of that, the teardown phase is the easy part. Even though the previous Sabres regimes couldn't even do that. The easy part is the teardown. And that's why I'm not ready to give Kevin Adams and even Don Granado, but I'm more impressed with Granado so far. But I'm not ready to anoint Kevin Adams as we found the, the right man for the job. 
Because, okay, you're, you're off to a good start. But when we'll really know if we've got the right guy is when you start hitting on draft picks. That's when, I, that's when you really started to know that Brandon Bean was legitimate, was a great GM. He was finding Milano in the fourth round and Dawkins in the second round and Allen in the seventh, seventh overall and Tyler Bass in the sixth round. Like, everywhere, these free agents he would pick up. Like, just there's, there's these savvy moves all over the place. If those start flowing in for the Sabres, then we'll know they're doing it right. That they're doing it, they, they might be trying to do it the same way the Bills are doing it, but can they actually execute it the same way the Bills have done it? That's the next step. Because I do believe they're trying to go about it the same way the football team did. 803-0550 is the phone number. Chris, Tom, Daniel, we'll get to all of you when we come back here on the Nightcap on WGR. Joe DiBiase back here on the Nightcap. we got another hour after this leading you up to Sabres pregame. Sabres and Kraken pregame, by the way. First trip to Seattle in franchise history. Let's go back to the phone lines on the Jack Eichel trade. Let's start with Daniel. You're on the nightcap. What's up, Daniel? Hey, um, I just wanted to touch base. Um, uh, I was able to tune in just as you started kind of your monologue about everything, and uh, I it really hit the nail on the head with, with that. Um, you know, I hadn't really thought about it enough to process it, and I think um, you think like, being sad he's never going to blue and golden again. And I never, I don't know, I guess I didn't think of it. And, and, and you're right, like, it's a, it's a sad thing. Um, you know, as much as we were bad for six years he was here, there's a lot of, you know, good memories of seeing him play. Um, and there's a lot of promise. And it's, you know, sad that that's gone, essentially. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you nailed it with everything you said. I think it wrapped up, at least for me personally, um, how I really feel about it, and, and sure, there's hope for it, but you know, it seems you know, uh, it's, it's it's unclear. And um, mm. well, there was a lot of hope when he came in. That same hope with him leaving and these new people coming in doesn't uh, doesn't sit the same for for me, anyways. Yeah, thanks for the call, Daniel. It it your call, and thank you for the the kind words. But it makes me think about what his legacy ends up being. You know. It's 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 an interesting one. It's a it's not really one. I think there's a lot of it's not a lot of precedent for it. He was a legitimately great player. You know, last five seasons in the league, he's he's a top ten center in points per game. In the NHL, he's a top five. He's a top ten center in points per game. So we're talking about someone that's at the top of the sport. He's legitimately great, but there's just no semblance of team success anywhere to be seen. Nowhere. Nowhere to be found. Not even a playoff race. There's a 10-game win streak in October. Or November, whatever that was. That's it. And how is that person looked back upon in 20 years? Is he beloved? Not getting his number retired. He certainly wasn't here long enough. He was a captain, too, by the way, if you want that. I think he's going to be a Hockey Hall of Famer. I think his career is on track to be that player, especially now that he's 
actually on a team with legitimate talent around him. They're going to win big. So suddenly, this is why I think his superstardom, and maybe this will annoy fans, but I think it's inevitable. His superstardom, especially now with the marketing power that is Disney. ESPN getting NHL rights, I think is a bigger deal than you think for hockey and for marketing and for creating star players. Look what they did with the UFC. They made the UFC mainstream. And that's going to begin to happen with hockey. You're already seeing it. ESPN2 dedicated a full hour this afternoon with John Butchergross hosting to hockey. The point. And they had Eichel on. And they had Kevin Adams on. And they had Vegas GM Kelly McCrimmon on. They had Mark Messier on to get his thoughts about it. They also had one of my favorites, Megan Cheka from Staffleets on. An hour dedicated to it. The marketing power of Disney and ESPN. With all these star players, by the way, these young star players up in Canada, Austin Matthews and McDavid and Dreisaitl and Shifley and Goudreau, Brady Kachuk. I shouldn't have thrown him in there. I should have stopped when I had the chance. Eichel's going to be in Vegas. He's going to be a point-of-game player. He's American, if you want that. He's going to be on a great team with a great atmosphere and a great market. His star power is going to explode in Vegas. What was that point to encapsulate? He's going to be a Hockey Hall of Famer. But he's going to largely, I think, do it based on accomplishments with another organization. And who's that person in Buffalo sports history? I'm sure there is one, and I'm just not thinking about it right now, but... I do wonder how he'll be viewed when we look back. How much appreciation will there be for what he was as a player? Or will it just all be bitterness? Will it all be bitterness? Will that last forever? That we forget about the Columbus goal in his rookie season that we couldn't believe. The the Nashville overtime goal. The Carolina uh, RJ Cam goal. Like again, these are not these are regular season moments with bad teams. So they're only so memorable. But I wonder how we'll view him. Chris stay on hold. I'm sorry, we'll get to you right when we come back. Chris in Seattle, by the way. Maybe he's going to the game. We'll find out maybe when we come back. Uh more of your calls as well after Chris. 803-0550 is the phone number. Jody Biasi and the Nightcap going up to nine o'clock for Sabres pregame here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.